Hello, everybody, and welcome again to Wednesday Night Live. This is Pastor Ron Crawford from the Father's Church in Dallas, Texas. And it's a great blessing to be able to reach out once again to my congregation here in Dallas and to those who are a part of this church in many places um, across this nation and around the world, and to our Saints Network family. We're so blessed to be able to connect together with, uh, with each other. And I, I am so grateful to the Lord for allowing us to be able to do this. You know, recently I was made aware that uh, there was a, a church that is well-financed and seemingly lacks nothing, that when the COVID scenario hit and there were lockdowns and uh, restrictions based upon the number of people who could actually come to a service, that they had no capacity for live streaming. They had nothing. And there are a number like that. And even though we did not enter as a network into this capacity because God said, get ready because we're going to be sequestered, you know, we did it proactively so that we could connect as a network and we did it proactively so that we could reach out across the world in an effective, a more effective way. And so God allowed that to be established. We're thankful for that blessing, which we're utilizing today. But we also recognize that God prepared us for something, even uh, something that none of us could have imagined. As we followed him, we were also safeguarded from the things that have been a restriction to so many people. We bless them, but we're just grateful to the Lord for the way he has led us. I want to, before I enter into what the Lord has put on my heart to share today, I want to ask you specifically to be in prayer for me and for Yowali Garcia and for all the pastors and leaders that are going to be participating in uh, the next semester of our leaders and pastors teaching, which will commence this coming Saturday. And... Um, it will go for 10 weeks, but it's every other week. We are trying to make it as convenient for people as possible, but it, basically so that hopefully the, the agenda was that we're giving meat and we wanted to give these folks opportunity to absorb and to study. And if they have questions, to ask questions before we give them another blast of meat. Um, now, some of you might say, well, can I watch this? Well, you have books. You've heard these teachings. I'm not giving some fresh meat out there for you. Uh, although it would be beneficial, I'm not going to fill the screen with a bunch of people from English-speaking English Americans who, who have already heard this teaching a hundred times. For instance, this semester is going to be about our placement, and we're going to begin with the cross and the histeme, and we'll go through, not in this order, we'll go through these issues of terio and standing in the gap and uh, being someone who is understands drawing from the spiritual resources, and, um, and we'll engage in some warfare as to how Warfare, warfare teaching as to how the enemy withstands and how we are led of the Lord to take strongholds. Those are the five weeks, and um, it's our second semester. So just be in prayer for that, uh, that God would bless, that he would keep us from technological issues or any other kind of thing that could arise. I know that this is essential for the brothers and sisters in Brazil. And as I mentioned on Sunday... We are also seeing God fulfill what he said he was going to do regarding the entire continent of South America. And we see that um, there are individuals from Spanish-speaking countries that are able to speak Portuguese as well. 
And they are also hearing these teachings, and they're also beginning to teach them back into their contacts and into their network of, uh, of ministerial associations in bordering states, uh, bordering countries, and in countries that are just connected by the Spirit. I mean, it's just interesting the way that God connects things. So we continue to press forward. And we ask the Lord to bless that, but I do ask for your prayers, and I thank you for them. Speaking of prayer, we believe that this is one of the most vital seasons for an intercessor that we have encountered in, I don't, I don't remember a time like this. In my lifetime, there have been a lot of times where scenarios were really challenging. You know, I remember when 9-11 happened, and uh, saw people come to church that we hadn't seen in ages. There was, there was a, a legitimate apprehension as to what was really going to happen next. You remember those days. You remember airline Travel was totally shut down. It wasn't just restricted. People were afraid that there would be anthrax or some white powder delivered and give them the, the, uh, some terrible plague or disease. And a lot of my people, not you, but a lot of people, most of them are not here anymore, were just petrified. And we had to counsel and talk them through and say, look, stand and believe. Why are you giving over to this kind of fear? Those are challenging days, but they're not like today. I mean, at least we had an enemy that all Americans came forth and said, we're going to stand against this. Whether we did it effectively or not during that time frame is a matter for historical debate. But now we've seen the enemy and it's us. I I am stunned at the things that I feel are being promoted across our country, which are just lies and deception. I see the hand of the enemy. I see the Council of Seven uh, the principalities that fell in the rebellion against God, I see them operating. These are listed in the scripture. Maybe you don't see them because you you lump everything that's mentioned to the enemy into big euphemism, and you can just call him all these names. But there are very specific names, and they're not all Satan. That's a study for another time. But I see the prince of the power of the air basically running most of the media and they lie and they deceive and they try to get people to fight against one another and they disrespect the leader of the country and and again that's not saying by saying that I'm not waving the Republican flag I'm saying that the Bible tells us unless you've deconstructed that that you better not touch the anointed. You better not slam the leader that's over you. You better pray for them. That you may live a, a quiet and, and peaceable life. And anytime there is just open derision, and it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. You know, I every now and then for for laughs, I'll watch a particular old old sitcom, which could never be produced today. Never, because there's too many trigger points in it. We used to be able to laugh at things as Americans. I mean, when I grew up, uh, when I grew up in Pittsburgh, there were so many ethnic communities there. We had, we had from Eastern Europe, just about every nation. Um, they all came to work in the mills. And, you know, there are so many Eastern Orthodox churches still in Pittsburgh, you can see them with the big onion domes. You had lots of Italians, lots of Italians. 
You had Polish people, which were the butt of just about all kinds of jokes. Of course, we didn't call them Polish, called them something else. And even though, you know, somehow I was, I was not in any of those categories and I didn't, I didn't exchange those types of discussions. But you, when you're a kid in high school, you hear all kinds of things. You do. You, you just, you hear things you shouldn't hear. But everybody just, everybody back then, I'm not justifying it, just called ethnic groups by various names. And I won't say them because somebody will quote me on it. But it's true. I mean, we just came out of World War II not far, not long before. You had the Jerry's, the Krauts, the Japs. Uh, and and th those, are, those are okay because those are in our, well, I think they're in the history books unless you've rewritten that. But, you know, the, 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 the British people called the French the frogs and other things. And um, I, I, I just kind of grew up in that environment. But now, my goodness, I mean, and everybody just kind of laughed it off. I mean, you could, you could take it. it. It really wasn't, it really wasn't a thing. It was just normative for everybody everybody and i'm not justifying it but in our world today you you can't say anything forget about slang terms for for nationalities you can't say anything i was i was watching part of the uh supreme court the supreme court uh, whatever you would call that with the senators and there was a woman who represents an island state who began to lecture this brilliant woman, Amy Coney Barrett, on her choice of a word, a phrase, sexual preference. And I thought, you're talking to somebody whose IQ dwarfs yours, who has studied these things, and you have the audacity on national television to mock her. It's, it's, it's craziness. And yet, there's half the country would applaud that ridiculous thing that, that I just mentioned. And I, I, I was listening to a, um, to a philosopher <clears throat> yesterday. And he was talking about different courses that are offered in a lot of the major institutions, ma major universities in this country. And it's astounding. I mean, it's not cherry picking here and there. It's everywhere. How a large portion of the curriculums are to bash America. I mean, to destroy what it is that our parents and our grandparents fought to build. And I can I can tell you again, in traveling the world, not every nation is this way, but most nations I go to, the people want to come to America. They they want to be here. And the people that are here, so many of them want to destroy. That that's what they say. They want to destroy. So you have you have ridicule of those in authority, you have strife, you have violence in the streets, you have a, an absolute derision of the things of God, the Word of God. People that are Christian are called racists and bigots and insane. Uh, and and I, that's just to put mildly some of the things that are said. You have those who advocate for the continual slaughter of babies in the womb, even up to their their full gestation period, you have people who want to welcome a Marxist system openly stating it, and major corporations sewing into it with millions and millions of dollars to welcome a socialist mentality into this country and to destroy 
what really made America great with its freedoms. Yeah, we've got problems in the past. Tell me which nation doesn't. But we cannot judge this country by what happened 150 years ago. We can't judge this country today by revisionist history. I I was reading the Pittsburgh one of the Pittsburgh newspapers and there there's a still a very large Italian community in Pittsburgh and they all gathered in a park that's on the north side Shenley Park where a uh, statue of Christopher Columbus uh, stands still still standing and you know it's it's easy to say that this guy was a a white supremacist, that he was a colonizer, that he was a slaver. He never owned a slave. I, I finished reading a book that was written by a Harvard, Harvard historian about Christopher Columbus. And do you know that the Spanish took him in chains back to Europe because he was, he was withstanding the governors and, and anyone in the army in the New World who were mistreating indigenous peoples uh, you know but but because he brought the United States uh, the Americas uh, or, or in 1492 he sailed the ocean blue that we've got to tear him down those oh I almost used a pejorative those well-meaning nonviolent protesters up in in um, in Portland who who, if, if President Trump would just leave them alone, they, they would just be, be, be just as calm as lambs. The other day, they tore down a statue of Abram Lincoln and Theodore Roosevelt. And many of their slogans were filled with F-bombs and designed to, on the night of rage, to destroy the country. I never thought I would see this. Now, some say, well, it's the same as the 60s. No, it's not. There were a lot of crazy things that happened in the 60s. Granted, I saw them as a little boy. It was unbelievable. But the whole nation wasn't saying, you know, let's take a side to see whether this country should be destroyed or not <laughs> it we we had voices many of them legitimate but a lot of them were just wacky you you know you had the underground railroad that was setting off bombs by the hundreds across america in different places and these people are immortalized today many of their children and grandchildren are have influenced the universities and have influenced the, the younger people and their grandkids are doing the crazy stuff that you see today in the streets. But most Americans were not in favor of that. Didn't matter what your skin color was. Most Americans said, let's keep working toward a better day. I remember hearing uncensored recordings of some of Dr. Martin Luther King's meetings that, that would be had in churches. And those people would pray. What do you mean those people? The people in that meeting would pray, pray. They would sing song, We Shall Overcome, was, was an old hymn. Yeah, well, it was from slavery, but it was a hymn. Um... You had them singing all kinds of other things that were to God. And the, the, the onus of most African Americans at that day was we're going to believe God for a miracle and for breakthrough. And yes, there, was, there were things that were absolutely egregious that were not right. But you, you saw the African American community largely wanting God. And you know, there were a lot of the civil rights folks that came against Martin Luther King and said, 
you need to get off this Gandhi-like nonviolent thing and you're you're speaking about God. Now I don't I didn't hear them say we need more than prayers and best wishes, but you hear that a lot today. But I'm sure they said something like that to him in private and even in public. But today and and of course you you didn't really have the media taking sides. You had Walter Cronkite and you had Huntley and Brinkley, and you know, you had the three big networks every night, 6 p.m., here's the news. And they would report on what was going on. But, yeah, I'm sure a lot of them had their own viewpoints of what should and shouldn't be, but it was pretty much, at that point, straight down the line. This is what happened. Not so now. Not so at all now. And so what I'm, what I'm saying all this for is that we as saints need to recognize what God wants from us and really discern, truly discern, what is actually going on. Not just what we hear in the headlines, not what our neighbors want to argue about, not what, you know, the the bevy of lies and misrepresentations and deceptions that you hear in the media and politically, but spiritually what's going on. So we ask the congregation here, as Monica Terrell so eloquently declared, the congregation here to pray and to just from this house. And see, you got to give me some slack here. Well, don't you care about us? Of course we do. But this church has basically surrendered its identity for the network. Many of you have as well. But at some point, at some point, you got to firm up that in that local identity before God. You got to do some things that doesn't include everybody and their brother and sister. Everything we do here is broadcast live. So I don't have the, uh, the, uh, the opportunity to say to my congregation who is here, okay, let's do this. Even with the COVID thing, we used to have that on the prayer class, you know, but we've not been meeting, not out of fear, we just have not been meeting. Um, but so our congregation prayed and we didn't get full throttle measures of responses, but we did get a lot of sincere, sincere words that, um, I, I, I'm so grateful for the prayer, first of all, but as I perused these and prayed about them, I felt that. God was giving us a direction as a network, which was to some degree brought forth yesterday on Saints Radio, which I know many of you have not listened to. Um, I, I think, I think that we we need to really analyze characteristics that we see going on in our country. And we need, to, we need to recognize that the enemy's fingerprints are very legibly, pronouncedly depicted there. We see this abuse of those in leadership. That is not acceptable in any way. When you can hear a debate, a debate for the presidential election, and again, it's going to sound like I'm taking sides, but this, this should not be, where the president of the United States is called a clown and told to shut up on national television. That's wrong. I'm, that, that, I don't care who you are. That's, that's wrong. And it, it looses strife in the country. And, and it welcomes every evil work. 
You've got deception where people say one thing one day, and it's all recorded now. And then the next day when they're asked about it, they deny it and say something else. Well, which is the truth? I suspect that before you were called on it, what was said was the truth. That's lies and deception, which is a characteristic of Satan. You've got the idea, very pronouncedly brought forward, that we need to have basically a one-world government, that there should be no borders, that everybody should be all as one. That's the God of this world. And he blinds the minds of those who would see the glorious gospel of, of Jesus. You have violence in the streets. That's Leviathan. You have dissent and murmuring and complaining and just ridicule which welcomes to the destroyer. That's largely a Beelzebub type of a thing. You have all kinds of crazy ideas. I mean, just nonsensical things that are put forward as if they are just God's holy trousers, that they're just fact. It's false wisdom. It's doctrines of devils. It's false doctrine. That's that's the uh, along with the prince of the power of the air, which controls the media. These things are being fomented and brought forward. You have those that are zealots, and they get up and they say things just with venom, and they, they go and they ridicule old people sitting along a street corner eating food, and they just shout in their face and do that. That's Mama didn't raise no fools, and if your mama was around, you wouldn't be getting, maybe, I don't know, maybe she was one of the hipsters in the 60s. You wouldn't be getting away with that kind of nonsense. But that's, that's a false prophetic bravado, like the old Bolsheviks, like the old commissars that would go in the midst of the crowd. You know, this is highly organized, and they would stoke up people to do things, and then they would, from the crowd, ignite something and then there'd be a reaction and all the crowd was with them. That's that's communism 101. It's what Castro did. That's what Stalin did. Well, basically Lenin. Stalin really didn't do that much because he was already in control with an iron grip. That's what Ceausescu did. That's what Mao Zedong did. And, you know, you, you, see, you see this. I mean, it's playing out in our streets today. That's a demonic strategy. You have people that are just zealots. They're antichrists. They are false saints. You have the churches, many of the churches, that have fallen away and are embracing ungodly lifestyles and, uh, and denigrating the Word of God, bringing other things to the forefront instead of the word uh, you know and and one of the weird things about it these other viewpoints and teachings and doctrines of devils they're embracing as opposed to the word offer what satan did if you eat of this your eyes will be open you will be a mystic maybe when you were a saint you didn't have the kind of spiritual giftings you thought God was holding you back and you know but now I found this radical priest who's teaching me these things and now I can have my eyes open and become as Elohim you better look at what kind of leaves you're covering yourself with because it's demonic it's de you cannot a fountain cannot put out good water and bad take care what you hear and these are words that Jesus said. And, but it's, it's everywhere. I mean, I drive, I drive to my house from the church, and I pass a number of well-established churches that have been here for a long time that are now just openly... Now, how do you know this? Because of the paraphernalia they have hanging on their doors and because of what their signs out front say, who they're quoting. I went past a, almost said which kind it was. I guess I could say it. It doesn't matter. Everybody can see it. I drove past a Methodist church 
where when when we became saints, uh, several of our holy people left here and went over there. But they had a, they had a quote from a man, and I thought that name sounds familiar. It was on their it was on their their sign. They had a quote from him, and on the surface it sounded okay. And when I looked at it. I recognize that he was a communist leader in the 50s who was responsible for suppressing Christianity in the Eastern Bloc of the Soviet Union. I thought, did you know who this guy was before you started spouting these holy words from him? Or did you know and didn't care? I, I just am stunned. So you see the enemy working. You see, and, and, and what you don't see is the powers behind what is influencing these things. There are truly people that are in absolute contract with Satan. They're, they're really sons of Satan, which is similar to what Paul said to Elamus, the sorcerer. And they don't get on TV, but they're, they're active, and they detest the saints. They detest you and me. Uh, they offer a deep dive into the demonic, and, but they make it seem really cool to do. This is, this is a brief snapshot at the world we're living in right now. So the question comes, what do we do as saints? What do we do as saints? How do we face this? Well, the first thing I want to say is what we shouldn't do. And I'm saying this to myself as well as to you. We can, there's such wrath and there's such strife gall of bitterness that's being poured out across this nation. And we have to be very careful that regardless of what we see and how it affects us emotionally, we cannot engage in that kind of thing. I, again, I, I hate to keep mentioning this, but one of, the key, one of the key things that came out of that Supreme Court nomination process yesterday was that no matter what oddball thing was thrown at the candidate for the Supreme Court, she remained visibly cool and she, she, she did not make a stinky face or say something back in derision. Now, they're, they're being very ginger with her in some ways because, number one, they can't attack a woman even though I thought it was kind of interesting when one of those Yahoo senators was, well, you want to talk about mansplaining, he was trying to tell this woman who is a member of the NRA, I think, who owns firearms, the difference between a musket and a, uh, an assault rifle. And I thought, man, if Trump or somebody from the right had said this, that would be the headline on CNN, mansplaining, misogynism. But anything goes. So, but they've got to be careful with what they do with this smart woman because they may lose all the Karen votes. And, but they, they were also saying things like asking if she had abused anybody sexually. And they said these crazy things to this model citizen, mother of seven, you know, Pentecostal, and from a Pentecostal Catholic frame, and but she just sat there and did not respond and react. It really said to me, "This is the way we have to be." Now you say, well, "Are are you doing that now and talking to people?" Well, I'm trying to to say here, we've got to recognize what's going on, and this is what we must do. And this is what we must not do. So if you try to be too generic, 
people, even when I try to be really clear, a lot of times people walk away and say, oh, it wasn't relevant for me. I don't know what he meant. He's not speaking candidly. They said that to Jesus too. Oh, now you're speaking true. Somehow the people that really were wanting to know understood already. In fact, Jesus would say to them, how long do I have to be with you before some of this stuff is sinking in? Do you know that Jesus is thinking those same things today? You don't just go and play church somewhere and make everybody feel good and happy and have a big pie feast right after. If that's your only motive, you're probably never going to be, God loves you, but you're probably never going to be of much use in the kingdom. Who wants that? Who wants that? You know, anything that I did in my life, whether it was sports or whatever, I didn't want to just do to give a get. I didn't want to do it to get a participation ribbon, which they didn't give back then. I wanted to be a participant, somebody that could do well and, and even dominate. That's not white supremacy. That's just good and faithful servant. So if you just want to play around and think that the Lord's happy with that, God help you. So we, we first of all, cannot answer fire with fire in, in our words or in our actions because that just foments what the enemy's putting out there. But we have to continue in prayer in diversities of tongues. This is paramount. You have to do it. It must be. It's a gift from God. And I talked on this past Sunday about how this COVID thing, the restrictions and everybody being sequestered together can kind of dumb you down. You get out of your routine of seeking the Lord and sometimes that just makes you lukewarm. Awake thou that sleepest. So we've got to pray. Whenever that is, we've got to pray. And we... We need to really, and this is one of the main things that we have to do, we have to embrace the Scripture and the Word of God. We have to embrace this, and we have to, um, we want to do what God has said in His Word. Do you know how many times over the past I don't know, two years, we have warned against people who were trying to negate the Word of God. Um, you know how many times we've talked about people who've been trying to say that the Word of God really isn't true? Um, I, I don't know how many warnings we've given, but it really does show that there has been an absolute attack on the Word of God and what we think about the Word of God. And there's a reason for that, because the enemy has always wanted to twist or negate the Word of God. Hath God said to Eve, it is written to Jesus. The, the enemy loves to twist the word. But there was of many verses that I could find as I studied this today. The one that really stood out to me was found in Psalm 107. And I, there's a section of this that I think really truly speaks to us uh, in, in, in glorious ways. This entire chapter is astounding. But Psalm 107, verse 17 begins, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat. And they draw near to the gates of death. Now, this isn't an argument for or against vegetarianism. It's just 
speaking about how people can get fixated on a certain thing and they that becomes their mantra, that becomes their agenda. And it's, so you've got people who, who are foolish. They don't believe in God because the fool has said in his heart there is no God. They, they enter into transgression. They welcome their iniquities and they're afflicted. And their, their tactics are to make a rallying cry of something that's ridiculous. And because of that, they draw near to the gates of death. Then they cry unto Yahweh in their trouble, and he saves them out of their distresses and the, the shadow of death. I, I think that's that's an amazing statement. He broke their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he has broken the, um, the gates of brass. I mean, this whole passage, all 107 is amazing. You should read the whole thing. But the verse I wanted to focus on was verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them. I'm encouraging, and this was said yesterday, but since a lot of you weren't listening, I'm saying it again today. That as you pray in the Spirit, ask God to direct you to scripture that specifically is a rhema that might be addressing a particular thing that you see the enemy doing in our country today and declare that word in your in in the spirit realm declare that word and proclaim that what god's word says is going to be and what the enemy's trying to do is going to meet with failure because it doesn't say he argued with these numbskulls and healed them it doesn't say that he protested against them and healed them it doesn't say that he voted right and healed them. It doesn't say that he went out and entered into debate and healed them. It doesn't say that he got really mad incredulously concerning the things he sees and healed them. It doesn't say any of those things. It says he sent his word. God's word will never pass away. God's word will never fail. God's word has been ridiculed, mocked, deconstructed, abandoned, misconstrued, misinterpreted. I just, I'm, I'm astounded at the onslaught against the word of God that has happened just in these past couple of years. But God's word is what will bring Rofe, Rapa. God's word will, will, will be the way we must address, just like Jesus addressed Satan with the scripture. And that's what Eve should have done but didn't. It's what Adam should have done, but didn't. But Jesus did. And we need to rely on the rhema and the logos of the Word of God. And we need to believe that that Word is going to bring healing. So, one of the things that I we talked about yesterday was that like if you see, I mentioned a number of characteristics earlier. Satan is the father of lies. 
He's a deceiver. He lies. You see that everywhere in our country today. And again, I joked about this, but when I was growing up, the joke was, how do you know if a politician's lying if their lips are moving? So we know that people make promises that very often they don't fulfill. But I've never seen a scenario of lies and deceptions like I'm seeing now. How about you? God can direct you to see that this is a satanic influence. Yes, it's people that are doing it, but it's a satanic influence. And we as the people of God need to be directed by the Lord as we pray and continue to pray. I'm not saying do this and don't pray. I, I remember the first thing is keep praying in diversities of tongues. But God will give you scripture. So I collected several verses. Now I'm not just going through the the study and coming up with reams of verses. That you might as well just hand the Bible over. But there are some that are like like missiles that speak about lies and speak about how what God's going to do in defeating the lies and and how you quoted one yesterday, how God from Isaiah 28, how the refuge of lies is going to be destroyed by hail and that the foundation that God wants will be restored. That has so much power to declare the eternal word of God. Unrest, hating brothers and sisters, uh, so many of the things that we talked about earlier which is the demonic playbook that's really being patterned by in a very organized way by people across our country and really around the world. But I'm talking about America. Our election's three weeks away, so forgive me if I'm not patronizing your, your country. But we, we have to see that the enemy is just really manifesting himself openly, through millions of people and the state-run media. So we need to, what about the verse that I mentioned earlier? You know, the God of this world has blinded the minds. It's a cloud, an opaque cloud. We need to declare that scripture and declare that that cloud would be driven away by the wind of the Spirit and that people would see the things of Christ and yield themselves to them. With all the things that we have, there's nothing as powerful as the Word. The Word will never fail and never pass away. And so I believe that the Lord is going to be directing you as you pray. There should be some kind of a directive that's being sent out some point this week, but you don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for that. You you uh, you begin to write down a scripture or two. And again, don't give us 30 of them. That's not going to do anybody any good because then I can tell you what's going to happen. If we get 30 scriptures from one person, whoever is editing the thing is going to look through them and find one or two, and that's it. So you can do that. Oh, but it's the Word of God. Yeah, I got a whole book of words right here. I'm talking about Rama Word. How, what are you what are you going to submit if you're going to submit words about lying or deception or violence or unrighteousness righteousness cries in the streets and nobody's listening you know those kinds of verses you need to be declaring and you may be asked to submit some that are really highlighted in your spirit if you do that we we can put together um, a collection of these, but you don't need to wait for that. You have Bible, you have lexicons, you have search engines even on your phone. So let's begin to declare the word and let's pray for the will of God to be done. In all of this, there's something that God 
is wanting to accomplish in this season. There's something that God wants to do in this season. Beyond all the smoke and the fire and the vitriol, what is God doing right now? And what is all this nonsense other than his agenda, the enemy, other than the enemy's agenda? What is it that the enemy tactics are trying to block or collude or hinder? We as saints are people who are devoted biblically, should be, to the eternal will of God. And we as saints must, we must recognize that that's still our mission. So with all the stuff that I just said was going on in our country, and you see the enemy doing this or that, we answer that by the word, but we must even go deeper than just an answer. We must recognize the heart of God and in the midst of all of this stuff that's going on, what is God really wanting to accomplish? It's probably something eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of any person. This is where we need to go, in that secret place, in that place of rest, in that table set in the midst of the enemy. Have you been there recently? You know, we might want to just sit down at the table instead of standing up from the table yelling at the enemy that's around us. God is in control. It's like when Jesus was in the hold of the boat. The storm was raging. Seasoned fishermen were, fishermen were afraid of their, for their lives. We need to enter into that place with Jesus where no matter what's going on, we recognize that we are about our Father's business. So, I say we do this now because the election's coming and it is very important. But if you think when the election happens, whichever way it goes, I have a pretty strong feeling which way it's going. You think that's going to calm the unrest? Hey, these people with these Marxist agendas, they didn't they ain't playing around. They're they're not going anywhere. They have an agenda. And so I'm saying pray for these next three weeks that the will of God would be done. And however the Lord wants you to, to continue to pray for that, but know that. This issue that we've been talking about with the enemy, the Council of Seven, moving openly in our country and in the world, we need to recognize that this, the, the, the battle that the saints is engaged in is, is far from over. Yes, we go from victory to victory, but it's God's war. The battle is not ours, it's the Lord's. The battle plan is the Lord's. We've got to stay, stay the course as saints. So for us now, let's keep praying in diversities of tongues. Let's not engage in strife and vindictiveness and foolish jestings. Just stay off that. I know it's hard for some of you. I know I get aggravated too sometimes when I hear things. Well, I'm not just sometimes. They say, well, don't listen to it. Well, you can't poke your head in the sand like an ostrich. We're to be eagles, not ostriches. The eagle, when he's mounting up with wings and he's in that circular progression up upward, those amazing eyes are seeing all kinds of stuff. It's just the perspective is changing. So you, you need to be be careful that as you're an eagle, you don't turn yourself into a crow or a buzzard. And keep praying in diversities of tongues every day. Let the Lord commune with you throughout all the hours of the day and night. Search the scripture. Use it as your sword. 
to speak against the things that you see the enemy doing. And you go, well, what good will, will that do? Well, good grief. You know, when Jesus cursed the fig tree, when the disciples looked at the fig tree right when he cursed it, it probably looked the same. They came back later and they said, oh my goodness, look at this. When he spoke the word to the fig tree, did fire come out of his knife and blaze everything so that he could know that his words had power? No. You've got to trust that when you are declaring the word of God as directed by the Spirit, he is using that in power. If you have to have constant, oh, what a good, oh, that's great, oh, well, that's powerful. Where's your faith? I know we all want to have those measures of immediacy, but that's not really, that's not really faith. Blessed are those who have not seen, but yet continue to believe. We have to know that we are doing, sending the word to bring healing and deliverance. I, I do think, and we're almost out of time, that we, we have been given a window of time. I don't think it's closed, and I think the enemy's trying to close it preemptively. We've got to work for the night is coming when no man can work. Those days are ahead. No matter what we do, we're not going to change what God has prophesied is going to happen in the end time. So when I see these things the enemy's doing, I know where it's headed. You should too. Now in the old days, we thought we were just going to sit in the back pew saying, I'll fly away and one day the trumpet will blow and we'll be caught away and all you, all you sinners are going to fry because you didn't come to church with us. That was the viewpoint of the rapture theology. Yes, Jesus is coming again, but we don't know when. Even Jesus didn't know, the Father knows. So we've got to keep working. We've got to keep praying. We've got to keep doing the business of the kingdom and let God do what he's put us on this earth to do. We've got to be that kind of a person. That's who the saints are. That's who you're called to be. And we've got a window of time. How much longer? Well, Jesus said, no man knows the day or the hour. Why are you asking me? And if there's some purveyor of this on the internet who's giving you time, you should turn away from that as fast as you can. Oh, it's titillating. I remember 35 years ago, there was a really nice woman who was here at the church. And one day she came up to me and said, Pastor, I'm going to have to leave this church because you don't preach about the second coming enough. Well, that was 35 years ago. I hope she, if she's still alive, I hope she's got enough preaching on that. How about let's preach about what we're supposed to be doing right now and let God handle the thing that Jesus said only he knows. How about that? So we've got a window of time. We've got to train. We've got to put things together for those that are coming alongside to be the saints of the end time. We've got to be a people who are um, ready to survive and thrive in the pockets God's going to hide us in. Some of you aren't really wanting that. You like the big show. You want to go to the church of 15,000 over here because they've got the best musicians. You don't have to buy a ticket to the uh, American Airlines Center. You can go hear that for free. You can be told in three points how wonderful, lovely you are. And, you know, God's just going to bless you. God does love you. He thinks you're lovely. But he created you to be a servant, a saint, a son in this time. So let's pray. Let's release the word. And let's see things through God's eyes. Let's not commit a penalty. Uh, don't don't participate in strife. You'll you'll be you'll you'll go back twenty yards, and you may never regain the momentum. Let's be the children of light in the midst of this darkness, and let's believe God. So, 
Thanks for joining. It's a different broadcast, but one that needs to be said. And I pray that God will bless you and that he will use you. And uh, until next time, keep moving powerfully as as the saint of the Most High God. God bless you and goodbye.